0: Finland has been repeatedly recognized for its education system. With its holistic teaching environment and focus on equity over excellence, the publicly funded education is ranked first among all OECD countries. Yet it's not only the next generation that will determine the innovativeness of Finland or any country as a whole, it's also the generations that are already in the workplace. So how do we keep educating those that have already completed their formal education and help them build the skills of the future? As it turns out, Finland has an answer. Welcome back to the Nordic Innovation Lab, where we explore the secrets behind the Nordic success in promoting innovation and entrepreneurship. Today's guest is Janina Fagalund, head of commercialization at Videoli. Before joining Videoli, Janina has built the online course Elements of AI at Reactor, a global management consultancy. The course is part of an ambitious strategy to make Finland the leader in applied AI, and was designed to educate 1% of the Finnish population on the topic. Given that more and more jobs will disappear due to automation, how can a country remain innovative and embrace lifelong learning to bring these new skills to everybody? Let's find out. All right, Janina, thanks so much for taking the time today. Why don't we start off with you giving me the short pitch, what is Elements of AI?
1: Uh, Elements of AI is a course, um, a free course that is online for everyone uh, to learn about artificial intelligence.
0: And it's not just any course. I mean, this course has seen some massive success. I believe the original target was to educate 1% of the Finnish population in AI, uh, which is already quite ambitious. But that equals to what, like 55,000 roughly. Now you have more than 500,000 participants. Yes. How did we get here?
1: Uh, two years ago, we started um, to talk with Helsinki University, um, so like a private company Reactor and a university collaboration about making a course together for everyone. Um, we, it suited our both goals pretty well. Like we wanted to be seen and it was like kind of a marketing activity for a Reactor in the beginning. And the University of Helsinki wanted to make the course online because they make more and more courses online. Um, then we thought, okay, while we're at it, let's make it big and let's educate 1% of the Finnish population in artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. also because our prime minister had set that goal earlier that year. And we thought, okay, we can collaborate here. Mm -hmm. So. Then we started and made a course, um, made the course, which was a super interesting design and development process um, together with all the activities we had to do to make it a huge phenomena. Mm-hmm. And probably that's like when we put our effort to these activities, it pro- that's probably why it became a phenomena together with the need from the market.
0: All right. And and what was your role on the team in in designing the
1: course? So designing the course and um, putting, designing and developing the course and putting our efforts to creating a phenomena Mm -hmm. um, that together with the good timing, like people really were urged to learn about artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. I think that created this. Huge growth in our um, um, original goal.
0: C- cool. And what, what's what's your uh, what's your part of the story here? Uh, so, what what was your role in the in the team in Reactor, and how how did you contribute to to this course becoming this this global phenomenon now?
1: Um, in the beginning, I I was first meant to join for a week mm-hmm. together with our marketing uh, person. Um, to design this course, but then we decided, okay, let's make this big. So my role was like a service designer mm-hmm. um, and project manager then after we decided that okay, let's go uh,
0: for for all of the the listeners who don't know what a service designer normally does because i'm I'm also a bit unsure. Can you tell us a bit more about your role, what you do as a service designer?
1: Mm, good question so. Uh, So it's a good um, role because it varies from project to project, I think. But here um, we interviewed a lot of people. So we wanted to find out about what the needs in the market were, what attitudes people had Mm -hmm. towards artificial intelligence and what attitudes people had towards learning online. Mm -hmm. And we tried to form a picture uh, of who our user group is and why someone would take a course and then the next step what course would respond to those needs and wishes and attitudes
0: All right. I'm I'm going to follow up on the on the users and who the typical user is a bit later. But first, I wanted to check in about the the biggest milestone and surprises so far, because, of course, it was it was a huge success like it is now. But you started with 55,000. Now you're at more than a half a million people. I don't know how many countries is the course translated or how many languages is the course translated in right now? Five
1: Mm -hmm. And at the moment, or it's translated to much more, but it's Mm -hmm. launched in five. It will be available in all the European countries. Mm -hmm. That's a a big milestone, I think. Um, I think the first, like the the milestones on the road have been like the launch in Mm -hmm. Finland. Um, Then uh, organizing this um, party or a graduation party for people who graduated from the course Um, so i think that was a milestone because we finally got to meet all these people who had done Mm -hmm. the course who we've talked to on the different online forums and all the people who came to finland to celebrate their like graduation that was a Mm. huge milestone Um, also the president of finland was speaking Mm. there and so forth uh, then the milestone was Sweden when yep. we got to launch in Sweden, the first like other country where this mm-hmm. was launched and then probably this then definitely this e u deal that yep. we're going to launch in the whole Europe
0: cool. Yeah, I, s- I saw about Sweden that there was also some some sort of epic battle going on between the the uh, the ministers of, of Finland and Sweden, challenging each other for for who uh, who gets more people graduated from the course. Was that yes. part of it?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it was a brilliant idea from yeah. Sato, um, mm. a team member, that we should like have yeah, make it like competitive, like ice hockey yeah. between Finland and Sweden.
2: Yeah,
0: I think that was that was really good, and uh, yeah, you, you also got a lot of companies on board, right? So it's it's not just um, individuals that you um, that you targeted, but it's also companies. Uh, so I saw, for example, Sheepstead um, encouraging their employees to to uh, to take this course, but also all their sort of um, listeners and viewers on, on all their online channels. So how, how did what, what role did companies play in, in rolling this course out and, and getting, getting it to as many pe- people as possible?
1: Um, a huge, mm-hmm. uh, since we realized pretty early on that one user group was definitely like employees because yeah. companies, in order to have innovation within a company, you need people to be educated. And this is a nice first step course towards talking about artificial intelligence so then with the companies we had talked to um they were super excited and wanted wanted all their employees to take this course so that's when we um, started calling like all companies um, and everybody wanted to join like it's good for a country it's good for a company it's good for a team and it's good for individuals so from that perspective they were super
0: excited yeah and you, you gave me a brilliant uh sort of transition here because you talked about how companies need their employees to be educated in order to bring out innovation so i, I just wanted to check in with you how, how why do you believe everybody should learn about ai and and why shouldn't we just leave it to you know a, a few people and and uh learning about computer science and the rest just goes goes that way why is it so important that all of us know know a bit about ai
1: um, what a great question. Um, uh, this, our thought behind this our whole motivation why why we really like burn for this is mm-hmm. we want to de- democratize AI and other uh, subjects as well but we believe that if um, if a wider group of people know about AI, then the solutions in the future will also serve a wider group. So, for example, if um, there are, like, for example, in childcare or in hospitals, um, the people who do the hands-on job Mm -hmm. might actually have the best ideas for what is missing, what could be done better, and so on. And if they then know about artificial intelligence, uh, they might come up with ideas quicker. Mm -hmm. So if you like for example um, for data scientists they often come up with ideas based on data yeah. so there is a lot of data what can we do with this mm-hmm. um that's one way to push innovation yeah. and we want to lift the other way too like hey we work in this we see the end result of everything every day mm-hmm. and we see that here's something missing and get these two talk the same language yeah. and link
0: them that's our goal got it okay so because I also read a, a quote I don't know which minister it was in Finland but uh, he or she said <laughs> uh, that Finland doesn't have of course the money and the resources to become the leader in in artificial intelligence research but they want mm. to become the leader in, in applying artificial intelligence that's what you're saying mm. a bit it's not just the data scientists and the people Uh, behind, you know, the next generation framework. Uh, But it's the, you know, front front frontline workers everywhere that can see these real life problems and then know, okay, AI could help us solve, solve something here. Is that correct?
1: Yes, exactly. Uh,
0: so I, I, okay. I told you I wanted to follow up on who is the typical participant of the course right now, and and what are their goals and ambition, and what motivates them to join. Maybe you you conducted a lot of interviews. Um, who are these people that you spoke with, and who do you aim? Uh, who should who should take this course?
1: Yes, a good question, and uh, like, we, because we originally really design wanted to make a course for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a nightmare for um, product design because Mm -hmm. you can't make something that is for everybody. Um, But after interviewing this, like a lot of people, we realized we like we age doesn't matter profession, country, background, but and you don't need these programming skills and so forth. But what is uh, common for these people we learned is that they are curious and they are motivated to learn about how the world works. Mm-hmm. So the kind of eagerness to stay on board where mm-hmm. the world is moving—that's mm-hmm. what uh, is common to these these people—and um, that's what we had in mind. So when we designed, we really thought, okay, it's not for programmers. How should we make this subject relatable and interesting for someone who is not used yep. to the programming language and tech like, stuff?
0: How how is the split between sort of you know uh, the 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 people that are curious about it, that want to learn more, that are you know natural? Curious And the ones that are maybe a bit afraid also of what AI has to offer, because if you see all these studies and and how AI is portrayed in the media, it's always this sort of, you know, robots are going to take over the world at, at some point. Um, and then you have the studies, uh, you probably also know this, this one study, um, where they looked at how, how much, uh, how many jobs will be lost due to automation, and then you can put in your, your job title, and it tells you how much, how big the percentage is that you will lose your job so how how do you think is the split between the people that are just that are curious to learn more that have this sort of growth um mindset of of wanting to learn about this and and who are, are there also people that take this course because they 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 want to be less scared of the future
1: a really good question i love the psychology behind it and fear alone doesn't I think fear alone does not motivate anyone to learn more about something, but I, it can be the initial spark to then be like determined and okay, this is scary, but okay, now I want to do something about it. I want to learn more. So in the end, I don't think it matters what initially made someone curious, whether it was fear or eagerness, or, but um, different kinds to D- different people uh, approach new stuff in different ways and some are more risk takers and some are not and I think that's the beauty of this that if these people take the course and then they discuss with each other with this mm-hmm. common language then they are not so far from each other anymore
2: Yeah.
0: so but- so I mean for, for everybody it's sort of outside the comfort zone and then the question is mm-hmm. just uh, you know, do you push yourself? Um, I, I curious what is outside, what you don't know. And then, uh, because it, it's probably out outside, um, what everybody knows before they take the course, otherwise they wouldn't. Yes. Um, so yeah, the curiosity of pushing beyond oneself's boundaries probably is, is, a uh, big driver. Yes. Um, yes. L- let's, let's talk a bit about, um, some some other skills that you think are, are relevant for the future so we identified ai which is um you know it's it's a technology or a technology a technology enabler uh, maybe um but in general hmm. do you see other skills maybe also soft skills that are super relevant for the future
1: hmm. um i definitely think um From soft skills, I think some high schools here in Finland are doing a really great job because they now have a course for like managing yourself Mm -hmm. in the (laughs) ever-changing environment. Um, I think that's like self-management and uh, stuff like that is super important Mm -hmm. for all of us, not only for high schoolers, but for anyone then. I think anything regarding climate change. Mm-hmm. I think we should learn more about all of us to be able to talk about the right numbers and the right like facts instead of only feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, now Black Lives Matter has been a big uh, thing mm-hmm. uh, this year, which is really like really cool that it's up Uh, i think we should all educate ourselves more Mm -hmm. about like racism and what it means and what we are actually talking about to be able again to discuss more so anything that is needs to be decided upon i think Mm -hmm. we should educate ourselves in anything that um, makes people feel better at mm-hmm. work and so on like these future skills and then like all the up and coming tech stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then earth stuff <laughs> <laughs>
0: all, all right and and we we just uh, had a quick look into into education already so i want to continue with that a little bit so we we talk now about um sort of innovation that is already happening, and how do we educate ourselves about it, which this course is clearly an example of. But now let's let's talk a bit more behind the scenes. So how can this course, for example, enable innovation, and I I looked up some some articles, what what media wrote uh, about the course, and I think the verge, uh, which is cool that it got featured there, I mean, first of all, and, and then, um, so they wrote about this course, that uh, the, it's it's the local, uh, or it's the, the marriage of, of Finland's strength in education and tech, uh, which are two dimensions where Finland has been, you know, punching above its weight um, for, for a long time. Uh, do you agree with that? And mm-hmm. do you think, wh- where does this come from, that Finland is so strong in these two dimensions?
1: A good question. Um, I have, first of all, no clue what the right answer is, but I could guess. Uh, one thing is that I can't really compare, but in Finland we uh, really appreciate education. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a university degree to be a teacher, and it's pretty hard to get there. Mm-hmm. So it's really like um, a cool and appreciate a job i think it should be much more but Mm -hmm. i think that's one step um one reason Uh, i think yeah i think that's probably the biggest reason because Mm -hmm. if you appreciate like we believe uh, education is one of the most important ground pillars Mm -hmm. in society yeah so that should also be seen
0: yeah, I think also, I, I'm not sure about the numbers here, so I'm just going to uh, brabble mm. out. But I, I think the, the pay for teachers in Finland is, is on average uh, way higher than in other countries mm. compared. Yes. So the appreciation for the job, the the uh, sort of social uh, standing that you have as a teacher is, mm. is higher than, than compared to, to other countries. And that probably makes a difference I would guess
1: yes I believe so that said I think the salaries of teachers should be much higher still but and still a good
0: on a good way Uh, yeah yeah I mean it it shows in the end if you you look at I I looked up um, some some rankings because this this podcast is also based on um, the idea that um you know the nordic countries always come first when it comes to innovation in the in the worldwide rankings so yeah. i looked into the rankings to understand a bit more about the education sector and and yeah. if if you um if you look up finland uh, it it shows that they're number 4 uh, in education worldwide out of i think 133 uh, countries yeah. uh, when it comes to the global innovation index and they also rank uh second in lifelong learning and actually first in enterprise uh, providing sort of ICT training to employees mm. um, in another ranking which is called the European innovation scorecard. Mm. Um so wow. why yeah I mean impressive right um yes. and that's probably one of the big reasons why why we see so much innovation coming out of Finland. Um yep. do you have any other insights why you think the the finnish education system and mindset also special and and maybe from your point of view especially the the lifelong learning and the um the enterprise training Uh, maybe we can dive a bit more into Mm. that uh what you see as best practices in finland and what is sort of the standard when it comes to lifelong learning
1: a really good question again I i'm I would like to be able to compare to other countries, mm-hmm. but my experience is most of, mostly from Finland. So I, I can't put a finger on what differs. Yeah, But m- maybe one thing is that um, we've, I think one thing is the attitude. Mm-hmm. So as in education, teachers being paid more mm-hmm. than in other countries. I think we've like always in Finland thought that tech is cool mm-hmm. and it's been super appreciated. And that's why then tech is so big mm-hmm. and most IT, comp- since we have so many IT companies, and mm-hmm. uh, I think the attitude then in those is that you need to educate yourself all the time because the tech is changing, the, the world is changing. Mm -hmm. So I think it all comes from the tech part of this. I'm not sure, but um, Mm -hmm. in my company, we like everybody's educating themselves all the time. So it's part of the culture. And I believe many companies have the same attitude.
0: Can you give me an example of how how your uh, colleagues and yourself uh, are, are sort of keeping up with the, with the changing demand? How, how does it work? Do you take courses yourself to you get reimbursed for them from the company? Is it on company time? Or is it your own time that you're doing this? So, mm. um, you know, who's, who's the driver behind this and who enables you to to educate yourself uh, continuously? Mm.
1: So we are expected to edu- educate ourselves, mm-hmm. of course, on company time. Um, and yes, you can take courses from the outside and be reimbursed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is really cool, I've also been organizing trainings for colleagues. So it's a, a pretty, it's pretty easy to organize trainings. Mm-hmm. So we teach each other from, like, yeah, from what we've learned in other projects. Cool. But also taking courses from the outside.
2: Yeah,
1: online learning is really cool today. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, uh, you you have built a, a great example of that yourself. Um, <laughs> and actually, uh, last year I think the course has received the um, a re- an, an award by by MIT, the Inclusive Innovation Award, which is pretty cool. Um, Hmm. so this award, uh, as, as far as I understand it, um, gives, um, gives out the, the, the price to, to initiatives and to companies who, who create more innovations, uh, or, or therefore economic opportunities for especially moderate and low income earners. So how Hmm. do you think, um, you know, why, why did you get this price? Why do you think, uh, elements of AI can can help um, generate new economic opportunity, especially for sort of the low and, and uh, moderate income earners.
1: Um, this, is, this is one of the things I'm the most proud of. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, the personal stories there tells it all. Um, mm-hmm. For example, one colleague of mine came back from Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said that her Uber driver had asked where she's from, and she said, from Finland. And then he said, whoa, you're f- from where the elements of AI was built. It's so <laughs> amazing. I'm taking the course. I want to uh, start my own com- company in this and so on. So that's one story. Then we got we get so many messages from countries where – women aren't able to go to school or work Mm -hmm. um, or don't have rights at all. Mm -hmm. And pictures of them with the printed diploma of elements of AI and looking super proud. So I think um, the course, it's simple enough to be modified to any person's Mm -hmm. life because it's about our world and where we're going. So it's one simple like, teaching. Um, also, there was a story in a newspaper in Finland about um, a woman who, who, who had been a dentist but got sick and had to stay on uh, sick leave. And in the end, she was like without a job. She thinks she was depressed, but the feeling of flirting again got her on her feet again. So these stories, I think.
0: Unfortunately, this is a podcast. Otherwise, we could see my goosebumps. But uh,
1: yeah,
0: it's, <laughs> no, it's 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 really the especially the first story is like um, it's it's very inspiring to to hear mm-hmm. about it. Um, what what are some of the things that the people that have taken this course have have done afterwards? So how do they apply it in their in their real life? Um, so they take this course, they get the diploma, and mm. what what's next for them? So how how do they put this into practice? How they do they use this in their daily work? Do you have examples of that, or or is there a plan behind how to how to apply it into into your work?
1: Um, a really good question, and this is what we should we would want to m- measure and collect, but mm-hmm. it's also the hardest thing yeah. to collect. Of course. So I only have stories but mm-hmm. I I know companies organize like these graduation parties themselves for people who graduate and then they have these groups who continue seeing each other even though they don't normally work together mm-hmm. to talk about AI mm-hmm. and generate ideas from there so that's some company level um, in spectrum our online forum there are lots of people saying like hi I'm looking for appears to start my own company uh, somehow related to AI. Mm -hmm. I have no numbers on what outcomes there are, but I think it's a good starting point. Um, And and of course, I don't know, but for individuals who don't have jobs, they post, uh, anyone, everyone always posts this on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good this is really good for finding jobs, for example. Mm-hmm. No matter what job, but it it shows you're interested in stuff if you mm-hmm. take a course like this. Yeah. So no, I don't have any you know, numbers Sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean I, stuff, I just but... I wanted to follow up with a with a question on on numbers again, but it's I I guess it's tough in this kind of um to, to really see the impacts. And also, um, I mean, the course has been around for two years now, is that correct? Or mm. one and a half ish. Um, so, yes. so it's, uh, the impacts might be longer lasting, and you know, people might use this in three, five years, uh, but mm. not today. Um, I just wanted to check is how how because I I know the Finnish government is has has a very progressive ag- agenda when it comes to AI so they're pushing mm. this a lot they have also uh when they had the chair in, in the EU I think they pushed all EU employees uh also to to take the course which is pretty cool um mm. so they they have uh, yeah a, a, a great agenda ahead when it comes to AI. How how do they see this course and uh, you know the success of this course and how do they um, interact with you and, and uh, yeah, want to learn more about what what you do and also sort of yeah what, what's the interaction there?
1: First, the EU employees mm-hmm. took the course and now um, now actually they are paying for every single country to get the course in their language. So that's how important they see it. Because it's not a small exercise to do, to translate everything and organize their launches and everything. So that's one. And another thing is that they realized uh, also in EU, they want to be educated. In digital stuff, they don't mm-hmm. want to be left behind. We are making a digital academy with mm-hmm. three uh, courses for EU employees, so mm-hmm. that's one follow-up for that as well.
0: Cool.
1: So it continues. It actually has, I think, fed on keeping learning an interesting, an important yeah. thing, and something to. Also support.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of, of learning, uh, we now talked about why AI is important and why sort of, we should look at these tech topics. We looked a bit at how this course or, or uh, courses similar to this can can support innovation. Um, let's look a bit into education itself, because you um, you have done a great case study of how an online course can work. Uh, So just wanted to check uh, a few questions. So what do you think are the differences designing a course for, uh, you know, university uh, students or high school students where we, you know, have have ways and methods to design Um, courses for for many years I also know I think the one of the professors who who uh, contributed uh, the content for for elements of AI has been teaching similar material for his to to his students for for a long time what were some of the adaptions that you had to do to to make this available to everybody uh, so that it Mm. doesn't just suit university students so it it suits you know um, people all over the world in all different contexts
1: um the course was really like you said Teemu had the professor mm-hmm. had done a great job with the course for many years already um and we also started from his content so what we did was we kept in mind that mm-hmm. um that some of the online learning facts are that nine percent of people learn on their way to work and 50% of people believe sessions between 20 and 50 minutes are most effective. These are some numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kept this in mind, how people learn. And we printed the whole course and put it on up on the walls <laughs> and tried to create um, a storyline. Yeah. So it, we almost felt like movie directors and yeah. creating a movie or more as an experience. Yeah. Mm, because we knew we were going to be competing with social media and mm-hmm. netflix and stuff with other stuff people want to do on their free time mm-hmm. on their phone maybe some good articles so we wanted it to f- be chopped in much smaller yep. pieces than it was originally um we wanted to put exercises in between in mm-hmm. order for People to wake up and be able to think themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, like, if you Google, for example, artificial intelligence and uh, click images, you will only see black and blue, super techie pictures, mm. of, like very. Uh, Some space. zeros and ones. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So we wanted yeah. to avoid that completely and yeah. make a, like, Whole other both tone of voice in the text and yeah. in the what it looked and felt like. So those were some things we did to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the mindset of thinking it as a one as a course as a product instead of a traditional lecture
2: mm-hmm.
1: is one key to have keep in we, mind. With
0: with lectures, it's yeah, you, you have to take them sort of to de- get your degree and then that's the end goal. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know mm-hmm. how, how engaged students usually are in lectures. I know that mm-hmm. I'm, um, you know, more or less engaged depending on how engaging the content also is. Uh, mm-hmm. So you had to solve a different problem because you it wasn't that people, you know, just had this in their life uh, at this mm-hmm. point. They're not just students. They have something else. So you were, mm-hmm. like you said, competing with other things. So it needs to be super... Exactly. Super engaging.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. So, personally, for for you, while desir- designing the course, you already um told me a bit about the learnings that you had. But do you have any other things like surprises that you had, um, or or experiments that you ran that were you know that you didn't expect to work out, or what? What were some of the you know more, more unexpected learnings that you had uh, while while designing uh, the course,
1: like community. Mm-hmm. So, uh, especially like before we launched, we we thought com- the community around the course would be important, but I had no clue how important it would be. And seeing uh, on like seeing tweets and everything, like hi, we gathered a study study group of people who had never met each other before but this online course brought us together so the community design i think was one surprise Mm -hmm. and where we still could put a lot of effort to support so that around the course um, we also thought the exercises would be too heavy Mm -hmm. Um, and i remember when I, I i was also always worried about the exercises but what if people don't have the time to make the exercises? And i love 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 the professor Temu who said mm. that no let's keep them that's like people n- need exercises people yeah. need to think themselves and actually we have got so much thank you from people saying like thank you for thinking that i'm like thank you for giving something challenging to us and as we write in the exercises we write please take a paper and pen and think like for yourself a little bit like people have thanked this so much thanks for not um thanks for not just showing me a youtube video that is super simple and not complicated yeah (laughs) i think That's surprising.
0: In some sense, it's also the instant gratification that you get when you when you solve a problem and when it's challenging even more so. Uh, So you it it would be I guess it would be worse if if you had a course that you uh you know took for uh six, eight weeks, and then uh in the end you feel like, well, what what did I really accomplish? I just spent more time online. Um so yeah, interesting. That's true. All, All right. So let's let's uh round it up with um, with with looking into the future and first of all mm. the future of of elements of AI or or your mm. team um, what's next I mean you have broken all minds milestones that you've set yourself already um, mm. so what what are the next steps for, for elements AI do you plan on doing more courses like this uh, do you plan to apply the learnings from here to other things what's what's cooking
1: Yes and yes. So, in addition to keeping elements and the community around it and uh, translating it to the whole world, um, we want to create and we are creating more. And we just thought rethinking health, which is like the basics of value-based healthcare. That's mm-hmm. a totally other story. We can talk about it another time, but it's (laughs) for doctors and people who work in hospitals. So it's not a course for everybody. It's not a mass course. Mm -hmm. So we experiment with courses now. We also make one about being carbon neutral Mm -hmm. in farming um, and this digital platform for EU Mm
2: -hmm.
1: with courses. So we experiment with different courses but in the end we want now to make courses um, together with partners about uh, s- future stuff that is important for people and we are ac- actually experimenting with making um, more like this one for hospitals it's mm. only for ourselves versus making something that is for everyone yeah. but a lot is cooking now and uh, so, so 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 can be hearing from us
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so that means that uh, reactor actually has uh, you know from from an experiment and from sort of a first a marketing idea developed into into actually providing more and more of these courses uh, and it and turned turned out to be a very very successful experiment that you have run
1: yes
0: cool um so my last question to you, since we're talking about AI um and you know i ai is is scary, but it AI also has a lot of opportunities so what's your what's your take on the future? Are you pessimistic or, or optimistic when you look into the future and when you look into the future of AI uh, do you believe that we will you know um, have more problems, more polarization, more more social media bubbles? um or do you think the the opportunities that AI bring will will outweigh the the cost that we will maybe have to incur
1: um I have to be optimistic uh, I need to be optimistic in to any uh, to any price so I believe I believe that so uh, like little by little we will make more and more good, things and all the small small good things people do every day to each other uh, i think all of that will come together and i think ai will be a nice tool mm-hmm. for us to conquer um, climate change i think we we're now in a phase where we it's developed on different planes and from different angles and so on I 100% believe that this is a
2: good
0: thing. Well, that's a, that's a positive note to, to I think, end this conversation. Thank you so much, Janina, for taking the time. Appreciate it. I, uh, I learned a lot and I hope that uh, Elements of AI gets at least a few new participants and students after this. Uh, so let's spread the word and and tell everybody who hasn't heard about this course that it's definitely worth taking. Um, thanks again for, for your time, and uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what, what's, what's coming next.
1: Thank you so much, this was fun.
0: Alright, let's recap the three most important learnings of today. Elements of AI is a prime example of what happens when you combine Finland's strength, education and tech. While they might not have the resources to become number one in researching AI, they aim to be leading in applying AI. This means more people in all kinds of fields have to know about the new technology to come up with new types of AI applications, which are then developed from practice rather than from theory. While it is still too early to measure the impact of the course, stay tuned for more AI solutions from Finland. Next, elements of AI can give us valuable insights into the education of the future, especially in regard to lifelong learning. The course is developed to compete with Netflix or other types of entertainment, as it has to be fun and fit into the busy schedules of the workforce. Community and gamification are important aspects of user attraction and retention. And lastly, this in itself is a great example of the innovation process. Started as a marketing initiative, but quickly pivoted into something bigger, the course has broken all kinds of expectations and there are now already some additional courses in the pipeline. The team has improved the course along the way and has seen and seized opportunities for further growth. You just listened to the Nordic Innovation Lab with me, Elias Weike. Tune in next Wednesday when we continue to explore the secrets behind the Nordic success in promoting innovation and entrepreneurship.
2: Cheers.